Welcome to yet another episode of Couple of Lattes. Uh, today, I am going to be sitting down, over Zoom of course, with my good friend Maddie Cummo. Uh, if you haven't already listened to our first podcast, you can go ahead and do that. I think it's episode 20? I can't remember, actually. Uh, but maybe just listen to all the episodes. <laughs> Um, no, but I will uh, link that in the show notes when I publish this. But anyway, in today's discuss- discussion, we talk about something that is very important to all of us at the moment, which is dealing with a pandemic. I mean, it's new for all of us, it's uncertain times, and by all means, Maddie and I are not experts, but we both have figured out a way to personally deal with this huge change in our lives. Both of us have slightly different backgrounds and we both have slightly different situations but I think this conversation is really insightful look into how you can see the opportunity and the fear that is uh, dealing with a pandemic so if you want to figure out how you can approach this pandemic in a way that allows you to wake up with a little bit less fear and uncertainty go ahead and listen and as always if you like this podcast Let us know that you like it by leaving us a five-star rating and share it with anyone that you think might get some value out of it. And as always, please, please follow, please subscribe. The more people we get in this community, the more people we get listening to it, the more people we can help. And also, it'll really help me and it'll help Massey Bros as a company progress and grow. So without further ado, let's get into another episode of Couple of Lives. Your beard's looking phenomenal. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, getting long. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to shave it, so I'm just going to keep growing it until. Dude, why yeah. not? Why not? What else do you do why? when you're locked up for a year? You know. <laughs> I've been, you know, buying guns and ammunition and stocking up on baked beans, all that good stuff. <laughs> Mate, don't forget your toilet paper. You need at least twenty years worth. Yeah, purely because that's going to be the new um, the new rate for money, you know. Imagine. Imagine that it's the, like dollar bills are nothing anymore. It's like toilet paper rolls. <laughs> oh man. How are you anyway? It was, look, it was looking like it was heading that way for a little bit. Yeah, dude, for real. For real, people, people, are pretty crazy, man. Mm. All right. Crazy. What's yeah? What's podcast you done earlier? Um, so I talked to Ryan about, he actually messaged me and said he wanted to do one. And I was like, fuck yeah. And he, he sent three topics and the one that intrigued me the most was outrage culture. Yep. Do you know much about outrage culture? Nothing. Dude, I was the same. I I knew very little about it. It, It's also called cancel culture. So essentially it's this basically since the age of the internet and social media where people are so easily able to comment and become social warriors aka predators on the internet without any sort of immediate emotional consequence like when you're face to face with a person and you say hey all of your ideas are shit and you're a terrible human being you should die they feel pretty terrible and you can see that and you know you've done something wrong 
But the thing mm. with social media and the internet is you don't get that immediate response. So you don't understand that what you're doing by destroying people's lives because you don't agree with their opinion is horrendous. So that's essentially mm. what outrage culture is, is say you believe that the earth is flat and I believe the earth is round. You knowing that I believe the earth is round, you jump on and you say, you're a fucking idiot. Your idea is null and void. I'm just going to ignore you. And by doing yeah. that, one, you're, you're making a really negative impact on yourself because you're just angry um, and hateful yeah. for no reason. Two, you're not learning anything because you're not open-minded, you're not empathetic, you're not understanding. And three, you're probably really offending that poor person just because they have a different point of view to yourself. Hmm. So it's essentially outrage culture is, is that. And it's yeah, the day so and age we live in. Really, um, like uh, social related, like or me social media related or just or anything really? I think it's a combination of social media, the internet, the access to information and 99% of that information is just not legitimate. It's false and yeah, the onboarding of big media, you know, like news media just turning into this. It's all about the likes and it's all about how much reaction you can get and yeah. less about what's truthful mm -hmm. and what's honest. And also this distrust because you just don't know what you can believe in the media. Mm. people have stopped believing in institutes that are actually believable you know institutes yeah. that rely on science and open discussion and uh thought through studies and concepts to come to conclusions experts essentially mm. so people have stopped believing in that they don't know what to believe in and then they start believing in shit that's not true and then it's just all come together in this clusterfuck yeah well hold on it's uh quite the topic it was, yeah, it was full on. We talked about it for an hour and 20, but it was, it was good. Have a listen when it comes out. I'll send it to you. You can let me know what you think. Yeah, I listened like, to it all, man. So. I knew nothing about it yesterday. And now I'm just like, whoa. Wow. Yeah, I guess like it's one of those things you kind of, you do know about it, but... Um, yeah. You just don't really like... If you're not in it, if you're not involved with it as much, mm. then you don't really con contra com comprehend what's going on. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, hold on. So who, who's Ryan? He's a guy I met in Nicaragua about roughly about like six years ago. So we, we met in a hostel and we had some party nights together and, mm. uh, you know, explored Nicaragua together and we, we got along, like didn't really have any sort of deep discussions, but I think he's mm. kind of been on his own journey for many years. He's been traveling a lot and he's been trying to understand and comprehend the world just like all of us do. And I think he saw um, that I was talking to people on the podcast now and he was like, hey, I really want to do a podcast. I was like, cool. Yeah. And he's just been, he, he got uh, he got one of those uh, mercy flights from Peru. He was stranded in Peru for the quarantine. So he is at the mm -hmm. moment, he's quarantined in a hotel in, in Melbourne, just down the road. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I've got plenty of time." So, <laughs> what well, did you ask him about that whole experience? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was yeah. pretty full on, but again, it's not as full on as what the media portrayed it, and that's why I'm asking because yeah. for, for me, like we like I explained, I explained this to you last week when we had a conversation. Like, so we don't have we don't have um, any aerials 
or coax cables in the house, so we don't have any free to air. Yeah. So we're kind of like a little bit out of the loop, but I think it's a good thing. But every now and then, like Noelle's got Facebook and stuff, like she'll sort of tell me when I get home from work, you know, like, oh, this has happened, that's happened. I'm sort of just like, hmm, I don't know about that. Like how much of that is actually true? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like so much of what the media was saying was just complete falsities. For example, people were getting outraged. Again, outrage culture. Mm-hmm. People were getting outraged and going all over social media about how, why should taxpayers have to pay to get these guys home? They should have known about the warnings. One, when you're in the middle of nowhere in Bolivia or in Peru and they shut their borders within 12 hours without notifying everyone, you don't yeah. know. And Australia yeah. only lets Australian travelers know days, if not weeks, after these countrywide shutdowns have happened that you need to get home okay can't get home the borders are closed Mm. and the last thing was they had to pay for their flights it wasn't taxpayer money like the first round of flights to get home this is why he quarantined in a hostel for 21 days before he could afford to come home so the first round of flights was 10 5 to 10 grand to get home from peru and the second round which he got on was two and a half grand but then there was all these falsities going around with the media just saying you know, taxpayers will have to fork out for these mercy flights and it's all this crazy stuff that was just completely untrue. It's funny, like, before this happens, like, most of those people will probably, like, you know, donate $5 and want the whole world to know about it. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, putting in a little bit of extra tax money to help people, they want nothing to do with it. Like, yeah. it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Totally people, right. I, and people... I think the government needs to bring in rules to start finding people for having opinions on things that they have no history with, like no no relation at all to. You, you know what I mean? Like, mm. yeah, I mean, it's, I guess there needs would... to be con- there needs to be like consequences for for things that people are doing because this whole free world, free speech thing is like getting a little bit out of control with like the access to social media and people's private lives and stuff so i think i don't know i think the main thing is people just need to be educated on it when they go through the schooling system Mm. things like educating people on you know self-understanding things like educating people on the fact that the internet is actually just a tool we can use rather than something that we base our whole lives around i think that's what i mean people people that are abusing that system nothing happens so people will continue to abuse it like it sounds a bit negative and it sounds full on but uh yeah i think they need to start bringing laws into place like it's getting out of control man like like it's you see you see things in the news but they don't talk about the people that are committing suicide the people that like Mm. can't take you know this this bullshit that other people yeah you're totally right Mm. Yeah, maybe there is. Maybe you're right. There, there does definitely does need to be consequences, because that's the problem. Is no one sees the damage they're doing. They still think no. they're doing the right thing by sticking to their guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, bro. Let's uh, let's open up the topic. Let's dive right in. Let's dive right in head first in the swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess the other day we talked about 
first of all, this is kind of cool that we're still able to do this, even though we're both quarantined at home. Yeah, so funny story, like, I've never Skyped. I've done, like, FaceTime and stuff with family, but, like, never Skyped, never Zoomed, never done any of that. And, uh, yeah, during during the Easter break, like, literally three to four days ago, my brother's like, get this Zoom up. We can all talk. We can all hang out. Like, we're playing, like, board games and stuff as a family. So it That's made true. things, like, made things a little bit normal again, which was nice. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it, man. Like, I think I'll continue to use it when and if things go back to normal. Mm. Mm. There's nothing like I personally. I'm not a texter. Like, I'm like a caller. Like, I like to call. I like to hear the person. This is like even better. This is like almost like we're there, you know. So yeah, I just think it. it I I I prefer more like hands on. Like texting to me, it's like things can get taken out of portion. Like mm. this, um, yeah, it's been around for ages. I'm like, I'm just a little bit old school. So <laughs> catching up with the times, old. catching up with the times. <sighs> my life. I feel like I'm always just like, oh yeah, check out this to my younger brothers, and they're just like, yeah, that's been around for ages. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> On the topic of segueing into the fact that we're all quarantined, the other day you and I had a chat about the reality of the situation and I guess the process of what people go through when something like this that's, you know, scary, very uncertain, uh, happens in the world, this pandemic, COVID-19. And I think the first kind of area that we touched on is accepting the reality right and you had an example of with your family how you i don't know whether this is uh, a testament to you as a person but you were able to accept and understand that the gravity of the situation before many other people in your family and you kind of had to have the conversation with people and help other people accept the reality and i think that's a that's a huge problem even now a few weeks into this lockdown but especially in those first couple of weeks where people either deny because they're scared or they kind of pretend is another thing that I've noticed where people kind of go, oh yeah, I'm fine, everything's normal, this is totally sweet, like nothing's changed, I'm way better now, like oh my god, life's good, but really on the inside they're like really fucking hurting, but they're too mm. afraid to talk about it, so... I guess the first discussion we could have is like, what do you think is the best way now that you've lived through a pandemic, now that we've all lived partly through a pandemic anyway, what do you think the best thing is to do straight off the bat when you, when you realize, okay, this is serious. This is a big change. that's going to affect our lives. Well, what did you do anyway? Well, my approach to anything that's, difficult whether it's you know worldwide pandemic or whether it's just like a personal maybe a personal issue that i'm going through with growth or whatever or something small i suss it out into two categories and that is best case and worst case and i try to accept the worst case before the best case because the best case is normally doesn't have bad consequences so that's just something that I've always done. So initially when all this sort of come out, um, 
I was sort of following it, keeping my mouth shut, not getting too caught up. Like it's probably a benefit that I don't have Facebook and all that sort of stuff to get caught up in it all. So I was slowly tracking it, but not really tracking it, if that makes sense. So I was sort of just carrying on with my life because I did think people got a little bit crazy. Like the, the initial people buy toilet paper and people buy pasta and rice off the shelves. I was one of the people that were kind of shaking my head a little bit at it. But then I started to look into it a little bit more and I didn't join those people, but I followed science and experts and did my own research and roughly made an opinion based on not what the media were telling me, but what these health experts and um, disease experts were sort of saying and predicting in the near future. Mm. And I was making my opinions based on that. Um, so yeah, so quite, quite early, I, yeah, I had my doubts, I had my worries because I was getting my information from disease experts, health experts. And once they were worried about the future, then obviously I was worried because they know a lot more than me. So then I started to look at worst case scenarios and yeah, I'm, I'm in a situation now where I do truly believe that this is going to drag out for a long, long time and we're going to come out of this, whether it's six months, whether it's a year, whether it's five years, we're going to come out of this a completely different different world. So um, yeah, uh, I'm getting a little bit stuck here, but yeah. I, so I guess yeah, that's how that's how I break it down personally. Mm. I I tend to look at the worst case scenario mm. and accept that and start, I guess, in a way preparing for that. Because if it doesn't get to that point, it's only going to be easier. Anything short of that is going to be easy easier to deal with. Mm. So. Yeah, and the reason I can do that is because I'm not a really negative person. So I don't go, oh, my God, this is the worst case scenario. Ah, throw my hands in the air and go crazy and, like, put my family in and start getting a shovel and building a fucking bunker in my backyard and, you know, <laughs> tag my family, we're going to live down here forever. Like, there's enough oxygen to last. Like, I'm not crazy like that where I start to put a negative twist on it. I just go, this is the worst case scenario. I don't think this is going to pass in a month. Um, I think it's going to have a huge effect on the economy when things do get back to normal. Um, I think it's going to have a massive impact on population. I think a lot of people are going to like die from this, like as, as terrible as that sounds. So yeah, so that's what I mean by we're going to come out of this very different in the end. I'm not saying that it's going to wipe out everything and we're going to turn into walking dead by no means, but it is quite serious. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now with it. And based on the information that I've researched and the few experts and scientists and health um, professionals that, that I've been sort of following and tracking, um, that's where I'm at with it all. Like I can't see this turning in the next month. Like I think this is gonna take a while for things to get back to normal. And I don't think normal will ever be what normal was. Yeah. So, but that's not a bad thing. No, I don't think so. I think it's uh, your approach to the whole situation has been very calculated and I think pretty spot on in terms of, uh, you know, the best way that you can deal with a situation like this where there's uncertainty involved and where it's just completely out of your control. Um, So to put it into words, um, I think the thing that you really did well is, first of all, acceptance. Okay, cool. 
this is bad you educated yourself so you accepted you educated and then you made calculated decisions uh with the understanding that this was the new reality there's no kind of joking yourself or kidding yourself about it it's scary it's uncertain but all right this is what the experts are telling me i should do so this is what i'm going to do and whatever comes after this it's going to be a new world it's going to be a new challenge but it's the world now and it's the reality now and i think that's Mm. that's that was what i got out of our conversation the other day as well and i think it's a great way to look at it but i think also the other thing Mm. that i've noticed a lot of people doing i mentioned just before is uh and for me this is kind of like my first few days in australia was a shock because i came from kicking it on beaches in brazil with my lady you know having capering years and enjoying the sun got on the plane there was i'd heard nothing about it i'd stayed pretty off the grid got back and it was straight into you know mad max toilet paper hustling days and i was like whoa what the fuck is going on because i'd i'd done at that point i'd done no research and then within a matter of a week i didn't have a job and i was like wow what the fuck <laughs> so mm. i think for me the most important part before i even got to the point of doing my research was one i went okay this is real i got past my denial days of oh this is just you know media hype when i realized okay this is real the first thing i did was i allowed myself to feel emotions and i think that's something that a lot of people have missed and i'm not saying everyone some for some people it might have just been you know another day in the office but for me i was like all right like this is scary this is totally new for me so i allowed myself to be scared like i talked to my family i talked to my friends i allowed the emotions to kind of play through in my mind and then come week 2 when i was like okay like i'm secure i accept what's happening i understand what's happening my family and the people close to me are secure they accept what's happening they understand what's happening you know i've got a house got enough food all right now let's build a routine about this accept it as the new reality and do everything that i possibly can to um to build good habits and to live a good life in the new situation yeah 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 just adapt um but i think for me that was the most important part was just allowing myself to feel because i noticed in that first kind of week a lot of people posting like oh you know it's fine this will pass in a few weeks like we were talking about this kind of convincing yourself that no nah, it's fine like i'm fine this is sweet when in reality accepting it as accepting all of the bad and all of the good like accepting like all right this is scary uh this may last for a year or longer uh but i think people get scared to accept that they'd rather pretend it's not happening or they'd rather pretend like they're not upset or they're not worried or they're not scared but for me i think the opposite helps to just really like be in your emotions and to understand yourself mm what do you think yeah i'm like i guess listening to you say that like either i haven't gone through that stage yet or that's just not how I'm programmed or maybe I wasn't directly affected like you as in losing your job coming back from overseas and being sort of like you know in the, in the high category so things have sort of 
things have kept carrying on for me. Like I've continued to work, although shifts and that have changed and things are a little bit different. Like mm. I'm still working, I'm still leaving the house. Like not not a lot has changed for me so far. So um, yeah, it's good to hear that because yeah, that's something that I could probably taking in that information, that's maybe a different approach that I can take when I'm speaking to my family, when I'm speaking to people close to me, you know what I mean? So although maybe although I haven't gone through that stage of accepting the struggles and the emotional side of it, um It might just be it might just be like you say though, man, like I mean your situation's different, you're programmed differently. But I think mm. in terms of like an empathetic standpoint, when you get all these people um that are scared and are worried I think a good thing to do is to, you know, be there for them. Like, we're all in this together. Help Mm. them. Allow Mm. them to feel those emotions. Don't shame people for, um, you know, not... You know, don't shame people for feeling those emotions because it's normal. It's okay. I guess, yeah, everyone everyone deals with things in different ways. Mm. Um, And that's why why I'm not being too judgmental. Like, I roll my eyes a little bit at the supermarket toilet paper things, but... In a way, man, maybe that's just the way that some people deal with things. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they're just struggling. So it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a good, it's a good way to look at it. A way that I haven't really looked at it yet. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, mm. people do weird shit when they're scared. <laughs> there was a like it's the whole like when you're a kid, like and you have a crush on the girl, like yeah. instead of being nice to her, yeah, what do you do? You, you you push her you you make it like you don't like her but that really means that you have a crush on it so it's the same sort of thing like people are people are probably struggling um and then it's coming out in this different way so yeah, yeah sure. it's a way to look at it because i'm yeah i might stop rolling my eyes at certain people's babies and this and maybe realize that they're deep down struggling so yeah it's a good way to look at it. you're always been good like that <laughs> Thanks, mate. I think I think I'm a little bit more, I'm a little bit more strategic to the point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, well, just, that's just how I've always been, and sometimes I can not see not see true emotions what they are because I'm so you know mm. so strategic with my approach to everything. Uh, mm. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing as well, though. Like uh, your ability to. And that kind of brings to the next stage, you know, regardless of who you are and whether you need it or not, first step is to identify with yourself and be like, hey, you know, like, Jacques, are you okay? Like, let's take some time for for myself and then making sure your family's okay. I think the next step, which is something that you uh, were really quick about and that you were really strategic about is to take action. All right, so, you know, this is gonna last a while what are some things I can do now to ensure that, you know, I'm comfortable enough and that I'm, I stay sane and that I see the joy and the happiness in the world. And, you know, one of those things is to accept it. Another thing is to surround yourself with caring, kind people, make sure that people around you are safe, you know, make some calls, do some Zooms like we're doing now, even if you have troubles with your audio. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I think once you've done that, then it's the next step to move into, which I think you're really quick on the gun with, is to create, you know, structure and habits and routine. Because in a time like this, I think routine is like your best friend. 
And for me, I don't know what week two or week one or whenever you kind of implemented your routines looked like, but for me, week two was, all right, up at 4 a.m., doing my meditations, getting into my work, doing the exercise, going out and taking photos every day, just building a routine and building good habits so that throughout the day, I was, you know, constantly reinforcing like, all right, like this is a crazy time, but you're in control. You can still exercise, you can still have this routine in your life, you can still do this work, you can accomplish this. So for me, that next step, like building the habits and the routine, was really important. Yeah, on that, so when I spoke to you last week, I hadn't really been too affected by it all. Like, I'd been working all the way up until... The phone, the phone conversation that we had, which was my last day of work before having a six-day break, which today is my sixth day. And the amount that's changed from then until now is crazy. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain what I mean. So for me, my routine didn't have to adjust too much because I was still getting up. I was still going to work. Obviously, the things that I'd done after work had changed a little bit. But what I realized in the last six days is being at home with Narelle, with my wife and, and little Sophie, my daughter, their life has changed so much and their routines have changed so much, but mine hadn't. Mm. So there's, there's been this adaption to their normal now, mm. which I wasn't quite there. So that's been really difficult, like on a on a home front level, um, and and not coronavirus and environment, everything else out there. Me having to adapt to the new normal at home is has been really hard. It's been really difficult, man. Like we're we're good, we communicate, but I'm not gonna lie, man. There was like a couple of days there where it's like, what can we do? Yeah. Like we went from this family that. Sophie goes swimming once a week. She goes to the library and mingles with other kids during the week. She goes to the local um, kids' playground area where Narelle gets to mingle with other mums and Sophie gets to mingle with other kids. Outside for drives, non-stop visiting family and friends to all of a sudden, they can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been a challenge, man. And um, yeah, it's... The, the realm of the situations really kicked in for me in the last six days and it hasn't been easy and I'm still adapting to that now because although I'll go to work as per normal from tomorrow, mm. um, I've got this new realisation that life has dramatically changed for some. Yeah, for sure. Like they're, they're, they're kind of trapped and the reason I... Can, the only reason I say that is because like I'm, I've experienced it for the last six days. So, yeah, trying to stimulate a one and a half year old baby every day at home <laughs> when she's not doing all these eighty percent of the activities that she was doing is yeah. is quite hard, and it's been challenging on us. Like I'm sort of bickering with Narelle for the first time in forever over nothing just because I guess I'm frustrated and she's frustrated so so it's been hard but um the, the positive is we're, we're at the back end of the five six days off and 
I have a better understanding for their new life, which is my new life. So, so yeah, so we'll, we'll obviously start communicating a little bit better and, yeah. Build a routine a around has, the new changes. And... It's the same with all the other stuff like I did at the start. Like, you, you take a situation, like I did in the last five days, it took this situation, like, holy shit, this is... This is it now. Like we've got our backyard, our house, and like obviously every day we get out and take her for a walk. But mm. yeah, like having a one and a half year old not getting all the stimulation that she used to get is yeah, it's it's difficult, man. It's really hard. So yeah, 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 mm. yeah man. Crazy, crazy times. But I think kind of the positives and the opportunity that are coming out of this is once you kind of get through that realization and you accept the fact that you know this is the reality of life even like you say when things do get back to some semblance of normality it's not going to be the normal that we lived in because you would hope that through this situation we've evolved and we've noticed all of the flaws and how we operated not only um in relation to the pandemic but in relation to economically as well a lot of people are seeing this and going oh you know like the economy is only fucked because of the pandemic the truth of the matter is no we were inevitably going to be hitting this 70 75 to 100 year event which will in all likelihood resemble the closest thing it will resemble is the depression of the 1930s so it's going to be severe and it's going to be an impact to all of us but at the same time, the opportunities lie in that moment. You know, opportunities to upscale, opportunities to learn more about ourselves and connect more with the people we love. You know, fix relationships, grow relationships, grow our own relationships with ourselves. But then also to, as an entire planet, as countries, as communities, to talk more and to come up with a better way to move forward. So mm. I think that for a lot of people that looks like fear and I can understand why like it's scary to change to have change and to know that life isn't going to be the way it was before but it's also a huge opportunity mm, definitely what do you think no, you're, you're 100% right well one thing I did say to you on the phone is take out all the negative impact that this has had I was watching a couple of videos online the other day when I was when I was deep into researching online and had a couple of moments to myself. And it's funny that if you take out the virus and you take out everything and you and you look at the earth from above, mm. it's kind of a lot more peaceful than it was three months ago. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of a nice thing. Like, like um, you know, the the environment's getting a break the waters are cleaner there's less population like people are communicating more and looking out for each other and asking each other how they're doing more like all of a sudden money's not driving everything like it's there's a lot of pros to come out of all this and i just hope that although the economy is going to take a mass mass hit which like you said i'm, I'm a true believer that it was anyway this was inevitable the way the way that the world was running, we were eventually going to hit a dead end with it. So this is kind of a reset without too big of a hit to the 
to the earth, to the world, however you want to look at it. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm also a massive believer that things happen for a reason. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in higher power and all that, but I do like to sit back and just look at positives and everything. And that is one positive that I'm noticing. The, yeah. the earth is finally getting a break and yeah, people are more relaxed, man. So I'm still working. I'll just give you an example. Driving in and out of work every day with substantially less people on the roads is so much less stressful. Like, <laughs> I get home in a little bit of a better mood. Yeah. Like, there's no stuck in traffic. Like, it's, this is almost, I'm looking at it like, take the pandemic out of it. Like, this is almost how the world needs to function a little bit more after this. Like, mm. everyone needs to just, relax and take a step back a little bit more mm. um Slow, yeah in a, in a way to by slowing things down you can speed things up for example i mean it's it's terrible that this has had to happen for us to notice these opportunities but a few huge opportunities have come out of this one of which is what you're saying about the planet and how the earth is going to break and how we're seeing what is possible if we choose to operate in a way that is less damaging and taxing to the environment. The other thing is, like you're saying about the roads being clearer, we're seeing, okay, what's the opportunity here? Let's double down on public transport. Let's double down on clearing cars out of the road. Let's make things more accessible for people so they don't need to sit in traffic for two hours to get to their workplace. Let's, let's make these options more viable. Another opportunity that lies in there that I can see is what about UBIs, so universal basic incomes? In essence, we have been pushed into an experiment on universal basic income because the government can't have, you know, 10, 20, 30, whatever the percentage of the population would be now as unemployed because you'd have a revolution. You would have complete destabilization of, of the country. So what have they had to do? they've had to implement a form of universal basic income. So what is this an opportunity for? An opportunity for us to research and see, okay, well, is it more viable to have enough of a universal basic income so that people's basic needs, like house costs, food costs, and medical costs are met, but not too much so that they don't feel like they wanna contribute. So by giving them just a little bit of universal basic income, but not enough for them to indulge in luxuries, you give them an incentive to maybe sit at home and get creative and write a book or learn how to program code or learn how to edit videos or maybe innovate something completely new and exciting. You know? Mm. So maybe that's an opportunity to do something like that. And it was funny, I was having this conversation with my brother a couple weeks ago and just after I said that, uh, I saw articles start popping up in my you know, sphere of influence on countries that have started doing that. Countries that have started doing the research on universal basic income. Because it's an opportunity, if you do it right, to one, increase the individual's wealth, and two, increase the uh, positive trajectory of the planet as a whole. So you're getting all these opportunities popping up that are, are really hard to see like from your own point of view. And I think for the individual as well, 
um, there's so many opportunities with this. Like you say, like taking a step back, relaxing, understanding what's important in life. All right, am I healthy? Have I got good human beings around me? Are my relationships in a good place? Are these relationships not in a good place and I need to fucking do something about it? You know? Mm. So there's all these opportunities just popping up and it's it's hard to see initially and that's okay. It's okay to go through the shit and feel like crap and restructure your life and get a little bit terrified. But it's important not to dwell on that negative shit too long and to start focusing on, all right, what can I do now to take a step forward? Mm. And maybe that means, like you say, taking a step back. Well, it's going to be diff- it's going to be different for everyone, like how they approach that situation. But I guess you you hit it right on the head. Like people need to take advantage of this opportunity and change things in their life for the better. So yeah, and that's something that I'm doing. That's something that my brothers are doing. Uh, and I'm starting to see that in people around me, so it's good, man. Yeah, it's you good. just you just built your brand new office, didn't you? I did, yeah. So, yeah, this is something I've wanted to do for for a while, man. So, had everything there. I just feel I didn't have the time. Mm. Now I've got nothing but time. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty much gutted this room. What, what you're looking at? Um, gutted this room down to a bare shell about two weeks ago. Which room was that? So this was the um, this was the back room, which was sort of being used as a spare room. It had a bedroom in there, but obviously right. it had the old old floorboards, the old um, the old skirts, the old paint, the old robe. So yeah, so I got it to a bare shell, and um, yeah, it took about two weeks to turn around, and now it's pretty much complete. Like obviously, Narani has to decorate it and stuff, and we we can't get to the shops at the moment, so it's a bit of an empty shell at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a new space for both of us to get creative. Narelle's, uh, Narelle's in the process now of like writing her own book. That's that's one of the ways that she's using up her time, which um, which is great and I'm in full support of. So yeah, this space isn't just for me with the editing and the photography and all that. This is also a space for her. So yeah, so this was exciting for us to knock over in these last five or six sort of days. And yeah, it's been done for about three days now and yeah, we're using it. Sophie sort of uses it as a playroom while I play, you know, guitar and stuff to her. So it's just sort of, yeah, we just call it the the creative room. Like, That's it's it. the room where we can just do what we want in here and create or relax or whatever. So whatever we need in our lives, yeah, right then and there, whether that's knock out a fitness, um, uh, knock out a workout or write some of the book or edit some photos like just that sort of escape from everything like now now we've got that room to sort of do it so. yeah nice man yeah, yeah saw, the, so. saw the pictures looks good i mean mm, it'll be yeah, good you heard my voice when i was speaking to you on the on the phone last week like i was super excited to yeah you know see it starting to come together like i think that was the day that the night before i just gotten the the new stained shelves in the the workbench which i built custom and uh yeah, I was starting to vision it and seeing it all come together. So, yeah, very exciting. 
Yeah, I think exciting. I think you've always been someone who's uh, been able to take stock and be grateful of the the small things and the little projects in your life. But I think for a lot of people, this is a that's another opportunity on a personal level is to be doing all these small things that before you just wouldn't have even noticed and actually feel like stoked about them, feel grateful about them. You know, just like oh whoa, like that was amazing. My brother, for example, mm. uh, this morning. So he he's been he started up doing some meditation because he's now that you know he's not working as much he's been able to take stock and give himself some time and he spoke to me this morning and said hey I had this really crazy moment while I was meditating this morning and I said oh explain it to me he's like well it's hard to explain I just there was nothing and then I just experienced this like feeling of joy and these colors were lighting up behind my eyes and I was like. Do you, do you have an idea what that might have been? And he was like, no, like, not really. And I was like, could it have just been the pure fact that for the first moment since you've been a kid, you were present, you're in the moment, and you're really grateful for the fact that there was no noise in your head. Like, there was no clutter, there was no issues. You were just simply grateful for the fact that you were sitting down with your eyes closed and your own thoughts. And it was beautiful. He was just like, yeah holy shit <laughs> mm. that's awesome and uh, you would have been stoked to hear that as well so. uh, I was super pumped man super super pumped but that's that's an opportunity for people to like I think moments like this you kind of really understand what's important like take everything away take the work away take the money away take the promotions and the busyness and the hustle bustle and that's when you start realizing all right this is what really makes me happy. This is what really makes me tick. Yeah, 100%. For sure. We're, we're, we're changing our whole lives and planning things through this through this period, like in this this time alone. Like we've, uh, we've been having a lot of conversations over the last week over a lot of wine. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're... we're you know, without giving away too much of my personal life, we're, we're actually going to be making some really, really big changes in our life and and our future and uh, put a lot of things into perspective for us, so, which is exciting, man, and we're, we're both on the same page. So, yeah, I hope people, like you said before, I hope people take opportunity at this time because for so long, and I've been a victim of it as well, for so long we've just been scattered in our heads with the noise and the demands, mm. be here, be there, and then when you can finally relax, it's not really relaxing because it's sitting in a car for an hour and a half to try and get to a destination that really should only take 20 minutes. So, mm. um, yeah, I hope people take full advantage of this opportunity and uh, change things that, in a weird way they've wanted to change but they just haven't been able to change because so, mm. I know that I am and I know that my brothers and my family close to me are through through talking to them and it's nothing but positive positive. Mm. Mm. Uh, the, the, there's no negatives in digging deep and changing things that you're not happy with in your life yeah 100% I think that's one thing that I wanted to touch on as well before we kind of wrap things up I guess is like this is it's all good and well for us that we we have this support network and we're in a country where like 
we're able to be somewhat secure even though we're in a really uncertain time and even though times are going to be tough like it's definitely not going to be as tough as someone who's in a developing nation for example or someone who let's use an example in Africa or Southeast Asia right now the coronavirus is going crazy but for those people they have bigger worries aka they could die of hunger before they die of the coronavirus mm. you know so once you take stock and you get secure in yourself i think it's really important if you're able to in some way to give back like this is a really good time to show that show our humanity in a way and show that all right we're not all about ourselves we're not selfish we actually care about each other for example you know if you have uh have a little bit of money to buy some Easter eggs for people who are struggling on the street. Go do it. You know, go share a little bit of joy. Or if you're someone who has more behind you or you're not too worried financially, you can help in some way in these countries. You know, donate to uh, to not-for-profits that are helping. Or if you, you don't have any money and you're in the boat of, you know, you've only got enough to look after yourself, make some calls. Let people know they can talk to you. You know, connect, help people out. doesn't matter if you don't know each other. Like, we're all human. Help in the way that you can. So I think that's the that's the one last opportunity I want to touch on is, you know, that opportunity for more empathy. I think it's, it's mm. really something that we can nail down at this time. On that, I just want to say, and this is, this is for people listening to this podcast because I know that, I know that you have a, a pretty good subscription following now. Uh, and, and you do get a lot of people tuning in. I know you personally, and we speak often. Mm. You don't just say these things; you actually do them. <laughs> and I just want to add that I, I, I honestly and truly appreciate it, dude. Mm. And I just want the people listening to this to know that Jax doesn't just say these things to make himself seem better. He actually does this stuff every single day. So. Thank you, dude, and I appreciate it. And I, I learn from you every day. Mm, so. mm. Thanks, man. I, I can't say much more than that. Like, I'm I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still setting up personally myself in this pandemic. Mm. You know what I mean? There's still things that I'm figuring out. But, mm. uh, yeah, I just, I just wanted to take an opportunity to let your viewers know that. Thanks, man. I really, really appreciate that. What you're saying and you actually put it, Put it into place so oh thanks man i'm i'm a little bit shy now <laughs> thank you bro. i appreciate that and, and same back to you man like i really uh, value these conversations and you've taught me a lot in this past week especially when it comes to um specifically acceptance accepting the situation and what's happening ahead so thank you for that and thank you for jumping on this podcast I think now is a really good time to have these conversations, whether it's through a podcast or whether it's just two people sitting at home and just wanting to have a conversation. Funny, I I was talking to Ral that night after I had a phone conversation with you on the way home, mm. and I said, spoke to Jax on the phone again today, but we we spoke about you know the virus and the pros and the cons and how we're both in it adapting to the situation and and the good that we've taken from it and the bad and and i said and i just i feel so good tonight like i felt great that night mm. it was the, it, there was something about my energy i felt good mm. and then 
yesterday or last night, I was laying in bed with them. I'm like, I'm a bit nervous about doing this podcast with Jack tomorrow because <laughs> I, my mindset and what I was when we talked six, seven days ago on the phone was a lot different to what it was last night because of all the the struggles that I'd been through being at home. Like, mm. but uh, but once again, I just I feel good after having these conversations, man. I think it's just in general, man. Like we've lost this value of face-to-face conversation with the age of the internet and social media. We've kind of forgotten the importance of, you know, talking to each other and having face-to-face interactions, being honest and open about how we feel. Like it's, it's something we've lost. And when you look at how we got to where we are in terms of a civilization, it was built on conversations like this. You know, small little insights and small little understandings and debates that grew us to where we are. And I think people have forgotten that. And that's that's 99% of the reason why I started doing this podcast is because I wanted to feel that again. Like I wanted to understand other people. I wanted to actually make real progress instead of fake social media progress that I could share Mm -hmm. with people that I didn't even believe myself. Like I wanted to, to have reality again you know and i think it's it's important now more than ever we've got zoom we've got skype like have a face-to-face conversation and be honest like if you're feeling like shit tell someone you feel like shit and if they laugh at you guess what i can press this red button down the bottom and hang the fuck up (laughs) like it's okay you know Mm. but yeah man it's good these conversations are good nice escape from you know, I guess a lot of people are stuck in the trap of turning the TV off, turning the TV on first thing when they wake up in the morning and have their coffee and listening to the media mm. and then having one in the background most of the day and then buying the Herald Sun and reading the same things that they're watching and then yeah. having a TV on in the background while they're eating dinner and listening to the same mm. negative mm. bullshit. Mm. Mm. Um, you're in control of how you feel. So if I could give anyone any advice if that is making you anxious watching the news and the media and strolling through facebook and seeing all the bullshit if that's making you uncomfortable if that's making you worried if that's making you feel fear you're in control of how you feel so have conversations with people and if those conversations are negative because that person person's feeling fear you can you can guide the path to where that conversation goes. Mm. Maybe ask that person instead of, how long do you think this will last? How much worse do you think this is? This much more people died overnight. Why don't you just ask them, what's some good that has happened for you in the last 24 hours? Just Mm. push the conversations towards more positive. And Mm. I think people are craving it. So all you need is a starting topic to get someone to talk about something positive and I, like I said I think people are craving it the conversation it, it'll all just come out like mm. there's there's too much negative through watching the media and all that so mm. yeah mm. if I can give anyone advice and this is advice that I gave people close to me because I don't get caught up in the media and the news and all that mm. I've shifted the way that some people close to me have thought about all this because of push some knowledge or push some positive um, results from all this onto them and Mm. got their mind thinking in different ways. And now when I have conversations with them, it's fun, it's positive, it's normal. Like, Mm. 
know? Yeah. Like there's this, we need to spread the positive, like. Seek out positivity, and, stop, stop being a. Stop absorbing yeah. the negative. Yeah. Most of it fear, most of it's not real. Mm. The media have this way of, this is, this look, it looks like the world is going this way. Like it might not happen. So yeah, well, yeah. when you think about how media operates nowadays, and this was a result of this, the rise of social media is, you know, big media companies had to adapt and the way they adapted was, all right, how do we make profit reaction plus lots of reaction <laughs> equals profit. So what do we do? Let's do stuff that people will get triggered to fuck about, react yeah. to, and share. And unfortunately, what people get triggered about is negative. It's always mm. negative. So yeah, I, th I think you're totally right, man. Seek out the positive. And I would say go a step further and like you've done and like I've done, just eliminate the news and the media out of your life. If you want to know about something, you know, look up a credible source. If you're into economics, subscribe to something like The Economist, something that states factual information and professionals talk about the realities and not, you know, shit that's been hyped up by the media. Or, you know, look up World Health Organization if you want to know the real details about coronavirus. What you can practically do to um, support yourself, your family, and your friends. You know, don't get caught up in the in the in the negative big news media you know if there's one mm. one actually if there's two words that i agree with trump on and just these two words don't take this out of context fake news that's it i don't i don't agree on his take on fake news how it's to do with himself and how they want to portray trump in a bad way i think he's a very deranged crazy psychotic human being but those two words fake news carry some weight because 90% of the shit you see scrolling through social media is fake news it's not mm. built on anything factual and if that shit's triggering you like you say eliminate it and talk to someone who will be happy to talk to you about your run that morning or the mm. photos you took that morning or your your little baby girl or your beautiful partner or the renovations you've done to your house to put some context in seek that shit out Hell yeah, dude. That was cool. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. All right, well, I, it. Right. I think we'll uh, we'll cut that one there. Is there anything else you want to say before I wrap up nah. the podcast? I'm happy, man. One of many more podcasts to do. I yeah. like it. It's like it's, an, it's what we would have normally done if you didn't have a podcast. So it's great that we can, you know, record it and put it out there. And if someone takes five minutes from this you know, one hour conversation, then awesome. <laughs>